What is going on, everyone? It's Derek with another great episode of Gaming and Chill. This is episode for number four, so let's go ahead and get started. Let's start off with uh, with actually some anime news, sort of. Uh, first, I want to say I've been really watching that Phoenix Wright anime I may have talked about in the first podcast, I believe. I am waiting with bated breath each and every episode. I said it was going to be good, and it, it it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I played the games as a kid a lot, and I like imagined all their voices and how they acted and how they spoke. And I got to be honest, this anime nailed it right on the head, like right there. Um, there's actually a character in there who in the show is called Konaka Masaru, otherwise known as uh, Red White in the games or in the West, I should say. In the anime, his voicing is perfect. This character is eccentric and booming, and his voice is perfect to a T. I can't think of any other way they could have ever uh, voiced him, and it was outstanding. So, uh, I was really amazed at that. So, I've been watching a couple other animes... I believe I've been watching, get my list out here, been watching a couple new ones that I was like, well, let's see how these do. Like, I've been watching a Five Brain Kami No Puzzle. It's uh, actually really cool, and the fact of it's about puzzles. Now, there's a couple other animes that focus around games or puzzles, but this one does it in a way of like he get this kid gains a superpower and figures out that the world hangs in the balance of people giving puzzles and people solving puzzles. And he finds out he's one of the solvers of puzzles. It's a weird kind of idea. It is got it's got about uh, oh man, it's got a whole it's whole seasons. It's got about twenty-five episodes or so. And it is, it's actually really good when you stop and think an anime about puzzles, really? Like, oh boy, Jigsaw Puzzles Beware, that's not it at all. It's, uh, it's actually like, like this one puzzle, it's a maze, but he's got to figure out why the maze doesn't seem right. He solves that, which leads to another puzzle, there's some classic puzzles that you've probably seen but have no idea like what they're called or anything and they use those types of puzzles and nothing is reused if it uh, if you get my drift. So that's kind of it's a kind of a good anime. I actually really enjoy it. I'm uh well, I'm trying to catch up on it, but there's just so much to keep an eye out. And the other one I have been catching up on is called Sora no Oto. I went in with it like a little bit uh, skeptical. It's an anime about this girl who's like a, as far as I've told or I've seen, is like a is an aspiring trumpeteer for the military, and she gets put at this post that is just kind of like the backwater post, and it's kind of like military meets slice of life as of this. Well, I've watched two three episodes now, and. 
the way they handle character interaction, it seems really, really genuine. So I've been really kind of enjoying that. I went into it kind of going, eh, I'm a big fan of military anime, Gundam, that sort of thing. It, once again, it was like going into it going, Trumpeteer. All right, well, I'll. it looked interesting. I hit the random button on Crunchyroll and it pulled up and I was like, okay, um, I'll give it a shot. I'm not going to just turn it down by the way it looks or the way the plot sounds. Which, and I was really pleasantly surprised. I went in being expecting disappointment because there's there there are many great anime and then there are just some that just aren't as good. They just kind of don't hold your attention or anything like that. And you know what? This did, and I was really happy about that. So go ahead and check it out, Soro no Oto. Um, it's I, I'm not sure where the plot is gonna go, uh, which I'm kind of excited. That way, it enables me to talk about it. Like, no one wants to hear 25 minutes of talking about Naruto or Full Metal Alchemist when those have been around for a while. Uh, so you should go check those out. And those are really mainstream. But watching an anime unfold before your eyes and being able to talk about it like that, that's really cool. So in a couple episodes, I may revisit it and talk about some spoilerish things. So go watch it, uh, and if you do, let me know. I would love to actually chat about it because it's really hard to, uh, unless you're like on a subreddit or something like that. It's really hard to talk about anime with people because so there are a lot of people still. It's becoming more mainstream, but when you stop and go, I like anime. People kind of look at you a little weird, like, that's all you do? Which, that's not all I do. I also play Mario. Um, but they kind of look at you and go, ooh, he's the weird guy who watches cartoons. And if they themselves don't watch anime or they're not exposed to that area, and there are still pockets of people who don't, who have no desire if you try to tell them, hey, you know, some of the cartoons that you watch, Avatar, The Last Airbender, that's technically, it falls within the anime cartoon breach. So many people consider it anime because it has that continuation plot, that sort of thing, those key elements, uh, a main antagonist, a plot that carries through episode to episode. So that's why it airs more on the uh, anime side rather than cartoon like, you wouldn't call Spongebob Squarepants an anime, because it's a cartoon. Because it doesn't carry a plot episode to episode, season to season. It's just what kind of hijinks can they get into now. So, go check it out. And so, on the TV side, uh, was looking up some sources and things like that. And I uh, found out that the new 2016 TV season... It's getting ready to uh, get into renews what's kind of in the danger zone of what might not be coming back in the fall because we're entering the lovely season of summer, the barrenness of television scheduling, unless it's a special summer program. So I have a couple lists of uh, things that are kind of in the hot seat right now that may or may not be renewed, things that are not coming back, and things that definitely are. This is not the full definitive list. This is not the gospel truth. 
these are just the list I found and the things that even just interest me. I wasn't going to list off a ton of things. I could care less if it gets canceled because clearly that's why it's getting canceled. So things that are in the danger zone. Number one, Gallivant. If you haven't watched it, go do it. It's on Hulu. It might still be on reruns right now. It's outstanding. It is a, uh, think almost like Robin Hood, but think like weekly musical number. And there's just drama, a love triangle. It's really good, mostly because every week there is a musical number. And this was a weekly television show. So you're thinking like, think in a weird way, like Dancing with the Stars or The Voice or American Idol every week in a drama because like every week each character has all their lines they've got a dance number that goes along with their singing so they've got to have a ton of things memorized so i'm i was enthralled with it it's funny it's a comedy it's one of the few like comedies that i'll actively watch so go check it out Hopefully, if enough people like actually tune into it, they'll renew it, uh, which could be good. Could be good. Number two, The Muppets. Uh, I'm actually going to be talking about The Muppets here in a little bit, but I'm, uh, I kind of hope it gets renewed, but on some levels, I'm kind of on the fence about that, so I can see why it's on the list. Sleepy Hollow could have been really good. It's kind of iffy. Uh, if it comes back, they need to really work on some things. And if it doesn't, you know what? It wasn't bad. Supergirl. I actually haven't watched this one. I need to. I've wanted to. I don't know a ton about comic books, especially Supergirl. Um, I know that there is a Supergirl. I don't know very much story-wise what her villains are or anything like that no it, she's related or i believe it's a cousin of superman but that's about the extent i know uh, it's not to say i know a little bit more about crypto the super dog than i do about supergirl uh it looked promising so i hope it comes back and they can build on it because great shows sometimes their first season is just kind of eh they really need to get into that second season push and see what they can do. So those are some of the things that are on the danger zone that they need to either pick it up or they're going to get dropped. Things that will not be coming back. Number one, Heroes Reborn. Um, probably could do better as a comic. Coming back as a television show, it probably didn't help it. Uh... I watched a couple episodes and I, my interest just faded right off because some of the characters just didn't come back. Some of the characters you're sitting there going, I don't care anymore. Like, I stopped watching Heroes when the writer strike happened and they just kind of started keep going and going when they should have just stopped or maybe it made it a comic. You know what? I would really read that if it wasn't a comic. The television show, I'm, I'm sitting there watching it going, huh, I should go read this as a comic. So, sadly, it's not coming back. I hope they continue the stories 
in a written format. Put them out in a book, a comic book, something like that. Just do it that way. Comic books, let's put it this way. Comics had been around a very long time before any successful comic book movie or television show came out. Because they had a lot of lore and a lot of uh, fandom. And Heroes came out at a good time, the first time. was really good. Introduced the idea of something that's not Marvel and DC about superheroes. Or X-Men, not even about them. Because they're closer to mutants than anything. And it came out when people were really interested in that. And it was really good. Writer Strike happened. A lot of people dropped off. Didn't catch the ending of it. And they could have ended Heroes right there. Boom. Even at the end of the first series. Heroes Reborn kind of was like, Hey, you know how you all weren't asking for this? Well, guess what? We finally did what you weren't asking for. So, that's kind of, you know, one thing. Number two on the list, actually, is Minority Report. Once again, remember how we weren't asking for a television series of a movie? Minority Report? They made a television series out of it. It was... It, I feel like it came out about the wrong time. About the same time a lot of, like, crime dramas kind of came out. And Minority Report was just kind of on the fence. It just was kind of like, well, I could watch Blind Spot, or I could watch Minority Report. Blind Spot's gonna take it. Um, I mean, that's not to say Minority Report was terrible. I just it kept losing out to Blind Spot for me, and. It just was getting, it was really hard to get interested in the characters when there was some really deep character development that seemed to have happened, but you don't quite see it. So it just wasn't, I don't know, it just didn't jive with me. I'm sure there's someone who can say it more articulately, but to me it just wasn't as good as the movie was. So things that are going to be back for a reason. I've got nine of them. Arrow, I mean, it's Arrow, is really outstanding. I've watched, like, the first season. My wife's watched almost everything else. Uh, it's one of those Netflix shows that I'm getting ready to catch up on well, before I go back to work. And then you got Blind Spot. I, I mentioned just a couple moments ago, hey, Minority Report lost out to Blind Spot. Uh, it is an outstanding show. Um, there have been a couple other shows that have done the I can't remember my past, but somehow I get involved in solving crime. Who would have guessed it? John Doe done it. It got canceled mid-season. Kyle XY done it. Stayed past its good point. It was good for about a season, and then it stopped being good. Hardcore. Uh, so Blind Spot is doing it well. They've got poor. Uh, they've got storylines coming through. And it's uh, it's outstanding. I watch every episode with my wife on Hulu, and it's great. I love it. Then you got The Flash. That is a, it's a comic book movie, and it's astounding. I've said this before, actually, probably about an hour ago I said this. Marvel does movies. DC does television shows. I don't think I've seen a 
bad DC television show. Now, Supergirl may be on the fence about it, but it can't be terrible. So, The Flash is coming back, and so is Gotham. My wife was pumped to find out that Grimm is coming back. I have not watched Grimm since about episode one. I was not one of those go get them kind of shows I was going to watch, but my wife is really into it. Uh, I've sat and watched like an episode or two with her, and I'm sitting there going, who's that? Who's that? And I found those questions actually prove with more answers, or with more questions than answers. iZombie is coming back. Season 1 was strong. Season 2, it kind of was a little hazy towards until the middle. Then it picked it up and carried the ball all the way. So, iZombie is coming back for Season 3. I personally am excited about that because of the way Season 2's ending. It made it so it was natural for Season 3 to be coming out. So, I'm excited for that. I'm also excited for Legends of Tomorrow. I love that show with so much, so much. Uh, man, I've watched every episode. I think I watched the pilot twice because I watched it. I was like, it's out. I watched it. Then I watched it again with my wife. And it is, it's amazing. It's actually one of my favorite shows for the season, actually. Because they carry a plot point all the way through a season. But each episode has their own plot point. Actually, I'm going to be talking about that in a few minutes as well. I wrote a whole piece on this. Come on. So, we'll put a pin in that one. Once Upon a Time is coming back. I'm excited to see that. This season, uh, where they're kind of in the underworld, is kind of hazy for me. Uh, it's good. It has its high and low moments. So, I'm excited to see what they're going to do next. Heroes and Villains was outstanding. So, I'm giving credit where credit's due. They haven't had a bad season yet. A lot of people argue whether uh, the Frozen season was kind of iffy. I thought it was pretty good. So, I'm excited. Last but not least, Supernatural. I have been a fan of this show since episode one. I remember watching that on the CW a long time ago, before I moved to Tennessee. And it was amazing. So, when here it's coming back, I'm excited, but it also fills me with a little concern. Uh, how, how long before they're like, okay guys, are we running out of story? Are we rehashing some old material? Are we still good are we still fresh or are we just digging up the corpses of the of the past and parading them around saying look it's new again uh when any show hits a large number of seasons i believe it's up to season 10 11 now it may be higher but when they get that high you start to go okay are you redoing story elements or you're redoing plot hooks or anything like that. So, I'm excited that it's coming back. Still a little concerned. So, so all those shows that uh, that are actually coming back, I watch very, very regularly. I'm kind of surprised. Uh, well, some of the shows that are in the danger zone, I'm not surprised. Uh... I'm kind of hoping that like Hulu or Netflix will actually pick up Gallivant if the network won't. Because I feel like if they just 
had a block season for like Gallivant, they could actually do some really interesting things because you can do a lot more on Netflix. And you know it's going to be one of those shows people are going to binge watch. So that's uh, that's also really exciting. So I mentioned I was going to be talking about Legends tomorrow again. So here it is. I really like the fact that it's able to carry a story element week to week to week, but also from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Um, a lot of shows have problem running that idea because then it becomes every episode is not only fulfilling the end of the season. So think of it like building. The entire season is a superstructure, but each episode is a microstructure. And those microstructures need to support the superstructure. Because if, you're, if your mini-stories aren't supporting your main story, it starts to feel like you kind of threw the end story together at the end. Uh, but if, you're, if your mini-episodes support it, but keep having their own ideas within it, you can actually make each episode really worthwhile watching. There are some shows that it's not worthwhile watching until like the last, you know, four episodes because, well, they kind of have plot point here, plot point here, and then all of a sudden something big happens that takes four episodes to resolve. But if you do it throughout the season, it doesn't feel like your ending of your season is just heavy. You can focus on building up to that cliffhanger so you get renewed. That's my big thing. Like Legends of Tomorrow does that amazingly well. If you've been watching it, great. Uh, but they're building up to an idea that they need to take out this one guy. That's their entire season. But each episode builds of, hey, okay, maybe we can try taking him out here. Because they do a lot of time travel. So maybe we can take him out in this time. Oh, that didn't work. Well, let's try going back a little further. Maybe we can try that. Maybe we can try this. So in doing, in basically going back to the past to take care of something, they also create their own story that is the part of the main story. So a thing like that. Uh, now, I want to talk about the Muppets. Uh, I'm a big Jim Henson fan. Uh, may he rest in peace. The Muppet Show is kind of iffy for me. Because it very much harkens back to, like, The Office. The way they're running it like a comedy, that they're in a TV studio. But they kind of have the confessional cam, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. It just felt like it was trying to copy The Office, in a sense. Which only made me, when I watched it, only made me want to turn it off and go watch The Office. Because... Come on, you, you really can't beat the synergy that was on that show. There, It ran the risk of being too similar to The Office, but I feel like that's what they were kind of shooting for is, hey, it has an Office sort of vibe. So that may be kind of it. Some of the story elements were just kind of, eh, we're running on the name of The Muppets, guys. The Muppets. So sadly, if it goes, I'm not going to be heartbroken it's sad to see that it goes, but, you know, what can you say? So, 
on to other news. Uh, recently, the Ratchet and Clank movie came out. It um, did not do well its opening weekend. It faced up against uh, Jungle Book, who was in its third week. Let me let me say that again. It's third week. Normally, a lot of movies make money their first uh, weekend, and then they kind of taper off from there. So Jungle Book, on its third weekend, made $42.4 million in its third weekend. Opening weekend for Ratchet and Clank only made $4.8 million. So, you know, it didn't go well. Uh, there's, it had a few things wrong with it. It lacked some of the things that made uh, fans of the game love the games. Uh, it actually literally lacked the fireworks from the games. In the games, you have wild weapons that just explode everywhere and do a whole lot of things that people love. In the movie, you had almost none of it. Uh, and there was just some issues with the pacing. The, however, the, the voice acting was astounding. But, um, like I said, the, the pacing and some of the elements that made the games interesting. They made the games good. Uh, so it's kind of sad to see that it only made $4.8 million. However, that kind of falls in line with the video game movie curse. And it's the fact that video game movies don't do well. Um, they may be good and they may make a lot of money, but they don't make as nearly as much money as everyone is expecting it to. It wasn't as good as the games. That sort of issue. You know, the book is better than the movie sort of issue. So that's actually really sad to see it. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of the series, go see the movie. Uh, it actually kind of goes hand in hand with the new game that recently came out. Uh, they kind of tell kind of the same story, but focus on different things on some level. So if you're a fan, go watch it. It's not going to be the worst money you've spe uh, you've spent. I mean, heck, you could be saving that money to go see the new Ghostbusters, which, you know, that's a different topic for a different day. On other news, Call of Duty Infinite War has been announced. Um, I've not been following Call of Duty, but this trailer made me stop and go, maybe I should. Uh, I've been more of a Battlefield person. But uh, I seen the trailer for Battlefield Infinite War and thought, space combat, I'm okay with that. I was, I've been really looking forward to space combat sort of thing. Um, I'm a, like I said, I'm a big space exploration, combat, simulation kind of idea. And the fact that Call of Duty is going to tackle it, I'm hoping that they do a really good job. Uh... Uh, and so I'm hoping that they kind of do some different things, hoping actually that they have a big multiplayer map in space. Uh, some of the trailers show that you could like be on the outside of a ship and you're doing some stuff. Not really sure what specifically you're doing, but I kind of hope that they have a multiplayer map that allows you to run along the exterior of a ship and like flank the enemy while some people are inside the ship. That may be, you know, absolutely a pipe dream, but... I hope they do it, because then that would be amazing. I'm actually thinking about getting it, uh, because it looks 
phenomenal. Battlefield, they took a weird direction with Hardline. And I didn't get into it like as much as I thought I would. Uh, I, I mean, I got into Battlefield with Battlefield 2 and 2148, I believe it was called. And those were my, those are the hook, the games that hooked me. Battlefield 4 was alright, and then Hardline took it, like I said, took it a weird direction. So I may actually be going to Call of Duty Infinite War. Uh, if you do get the Legacy Edition, it actually comes with Modern Warfare Remastered, and that will include the campaign and 10 multiplayer maps. So that, um, that'll actually be really good. I actually haven't really played a, uh, Call of Duty game since I was in college and was killing time, and that is still when the PlayStation had the banana controllers. Like, the PlayStation 3 had the banana call, uh, controllers. They, they quickly phased out. So I remember playing that and had fun, but wasn't really playing it, playing it. It was like five, ten minutes while waiting to do something else. So I'm kind of hoping that they do that. I'm excited that they're tackling the space combat. Uh, I think that'll fill a void that's been basically in my heart since uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, when they had the space combat where you could dock your ship and blow stuff up on the inside of a capital ship. So I'm excited for that one. So I'm going to be keeping an eye out, looking at that trailer, kind of gauging whether or not No Man's Sky has demolished my life at that point. So Sega and Relic Entertainment have announced Warhammer 40K Dawn of War 3. I watched the trailer, and I was like, praise the Emperor, glory unto his name. Uh, that trailer was beautiful. Um, they're going to move, they're going to combine the epic scale from the Dawn of War 1 and the customization of Dawn of War 2. So that means they're probably going to be scaling back some of the uh, squad focus mechanics from number 2. Now, from what it looks like, they have this giant walker mech looking thing in the trailer. Uh, if you watch it, it looks like a, I believe it's a quadruped. It looks like, it's amazing. So, that actually could mean a couple things if you're a fan of a tabletop game. That means they could be introducing that as a unit. Uh, and then you can use that in your armies. Now, if one race has it, or all races have to have something equivalent for game balancing. So that means with this game... And if they introduce more characters, more weapons, more vehicles, that means that it could be coming to the tabletop game and there could be more things coming to your particular army. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, now in this game, there's only confirmed races are Orcs, Space Marines, and the Eldar. No idea if the Tyranids or the Necrons will be um, sorry, the Necrons will be introduced. Um, so hopefully they are. I when I painted Warhammer uh, 40k, I was more of a Necrons person because who didn't enjoy painting a Terminator? Now, according to the press release, it's going to be arriving on PC in 2017. So got a little ways, but be excited. The trailer was phenomenal. I watched it, and like I said, I was really enthralled by it. Uh, it. It actually hit some front pages like Reddit and Imager, so I was really excited about that. 
Now, something else that I am super excited for, because it has been one of the games I really wish has hit Mac. Stardew Valley. It is getting a major update in the coming months. These updates are to include more content, like it didn't have enough already. A multiplayer mode. I don't know if it's going to be like some sort of like versus idea in a weird sense, or it's going to be co-op, like you can live in someone's town. That would be personally exciting. I've mentioned it in previous podcasts, actually, probably the last podcast, that I'm an Animal Crossing fan. And it's not a big jump to be a Harvest Moon fan. And as such, it's not a quick jaunt walk to be a fan of Stardew Valley. So, being able to possibly play together with somebody, that's exciting. But it's also being ported to other consoles. So maybe it's going to get a Mac release, a PS4 release, a Wii U release. No idea as of yet, but to know that it's going to be coming to other consoles is exciting. Now, the developer who goes by the moniker uh, Concerned Ape has said that he will be letting the publisher Chucklefish, who did Starbound, if you've ever played it, Chucklefish is going to be taking care of the ports, localization, and the programming for the multiplayer aspects. Because Concerned Ape said he would like to take more focus, we'd continue to be the only one to do content for the new update. So, I, you gotta lo- you got to love when a developer's like, no, no, you guys take care of localization, ports, that sort of thing. I'll be doing the content because I know where I want this game to go. He's not just outsourcing it to a different company going, I don't know, you do it. Um, it is kind of hinted around that the new in, uh, new update is going to be introducing some more advanced farming content. So maybe some more farm tools or something like that. Some new marriage partners. So if the ones that were in the game weren't of interest to you, there may be some more coming. Other events, patches, and more secrets. I've been devouring videos on the internet about Stardew Valley. Been watching Let's Plays, been doing that sort of thing. Because it's not on Mac yet. If it was on Mac, I would have already been purchasing it and playing it. But So I have been having to watch videos. And there is so much hidden secrets and things. So much that you can miss by just playing the game. You actually have to be focused on finding something new to find it. Uh, because it's hidden so well. So to have more stuff introduced, that's astounding. There might also be some merchandise coming for the game, so maybe some, like, plushes, some stickers, something. Um, I'm I'm interested to see where that's going to go, because Harvest Moon hasn't really uh, had a whole lot of merchandise. Maybe, like, a chicken keychain, but nothing like merchandise, merchandise. Animal Crossing has had some plushes. Mostly because they're animals. I mean, you can get away with selling a plush of a cat and a cool-looking t-shirt or a squirrel. Uh, So, who knows what kind of merchandise they're going to be doing. So, that's exciting. So, uh, another indie game that I've been following uh, from a distance is actually The Mighty Number 9. It's saying that they're going to launch it June 24th. And I say that because the game was announced in September 2015 to be released February 9th 2016 it was then delayed to be released sometime this spring and it was originally actually going to be released 
spring 2015. So it's been about a year since it was said it was going to be out. So June 24th. Hey, we'll have fun there. Um, every time I seem to forget about it, it, it pops back up and it's like, hey, I'm coming out again. And I follow it for a little while. Then I'm like, okay, they're not doing anything. Uh, I'm, I've been wondering, are they going to say, okay, guys, we thought we could do all this, but we, we can't. Um, I've seen a lot of good trailers for it, but there are just some things that just get caught in development hell and they don't come out, which is sad. Uh, and then when they do come out, they're just terrible. But they're saying that the reason for the delays is because it's being put on so many consoles. It's launching on the Mac, Linux, Play PlayStation 3 and 4, Wii U, Xbox 360, and the One, uh, the Xbox One. And at a later time, it will be coming to the 3DS and the Vita. So it's coming out on every console. So that may be why they're waiting to port it. Um, and it's supposed to be getting also a multiplayer aspect because it reached that level in Kickstarter. So that could be why it's being delayed. And unknowing that helps me understand why it's been delayed so much. Uh, I'm not very good at like Mega Man-esque games, which is exactly what this game is. It's Mega Man. So I'm not great at them, but I'm still excited for it. Just because uh, the creator was with Capcom. He was in charge of Mega Man. And then he left the company to go create Mega Man. So he has a passion for this character because it's basically uh, Mega Man. So he has a passion for this character. And I'm really hoping that it carries through into this game. Uh, there are so many games that are made without like, without a passion for it. They're just like, oh, we'll just pump out this game and it'll make us some money. Do we really care about the game? Nah, we're good. But hey we're getting money. And so I really hope it does well. I really do. So my uh, big point before I kind of talk around uh, the Overwatch beta, which I've been playing and it's amazing. Uh, if you got the, if you pre-ordered the Oculus Rift, good, uh, good news. Or I'm sorry, if you didn't order the Oculus Rift, good news. You can go to select Best Buys, Starting May 7th, so that's uh, tomorrow, if you're uh, listening on Friday night. You Good news, you can go to Best Buy tomorrow and possibly test it out. Select Best Buys, I have to say, and go test it out. And if you like it, if they're in stock, you can buy one. Bad news, if you did pre-order it, you may be receiving yours in a little while. So, in a really weird decision... um. You can go buy the Oculus Rift before people who pre-ordered it actually get it. So that may be making a lot of people mad. Especially the people who pre-ordered it. Because you're not getting it at the same time everybody else can. You didn't set basically set, a, set one aside for yourself and say, when it comes out, I get it. Which is exactly like pre-ordering is. You go to GameStop, pre-order a game... On the launch night, you get the game. You don't have to walk in the next day and find out they don't have it. They have one set aside for you. Just saying. That's the way pre-orders work. However, the creators of Oculus Rift have decided pre-ordering really means something else. And as to what that is, who knows. 
So um, it's a weird decision because it's going to make people mad. It may make uh, some people buy it. It's more of like an impulse buy because you may go to Best Buy, try it out, and be like, I really like this, and you buy it. They may be trying to compete directly with the uh, HTC Vive by saying, well, if we get it into the hands of somebody and they try it and they can buy it, they might just do that instead of buying the competitor. That's not a bad idea. However, it does not do any good to irritate everybody who pre-ordered it. That would be like going to an airport. You've already pre-ordered and bought your ticket for business first class. You will be boarding first. You get to the gate, they start boarding, find out everybody in coach gets to board before you. Okay, you go up to the receptionist and be like, hey, I already pre-ordered my ticket, I should be seated. Oh, well, if you buy a ticket, well, you can get a refund for your other ticket, and you can sit exactly where you were, but you have to now contend with the crowd. Uh, that's basically what the creators of Oculus Rift have done. They've said, well... You pre-ordered the Oculus Rift and you get some uh, pre-order bonuses like Eve. So if you pre-order it, you get all that. If you go out and buy an Oculus at Best Buy, they said, well, you can cancel your uh, pre-order and then you get all the pre-order bonuses and you get your, your Oculus Rift. That's not the way pre-orders work. Okay? You order it. You get it. I, you know, I'm all, I'm all for putting it in brick and mortar shops, but to alienate people who pre-ordered it just doesn't seem like a good idea. I would be furious if I pre-ordered this and my next door neighbor was like, oh yeah, I bought it Best Buy yesterday. I'm sorry, I already paid for this thing and they, I, I should already have it. So, that's kind of irritating for anybody who's actually pre-ordered one. So the fun part is, if you were to, uh, if you were to go go to the store and buy it, you could have an Oculus as of tomorrow, uh, May seventh. You could have it tomorrow. However, if this moment I went on the Oculus Rift's website and or tried to order it, may not even get here till uh, August. May not get here for two months. Because they don't apparently have enough parts to build it, is what they're saying. So, uh, that's a big problem. Why, when you order it, does it not get here for two months? June, July, August, I'm sorry. Three months. But going to Best Buy, you can buy it immediately. That seems like it's a really bad plan. I, I, maybe, maybe it makes sense to someone else. Maybe it made sense when they delivered that idea in a boardroom somewhere. But from a consumer standpoint, it's a terrible idea. I mean, it's awful. I'm sorry. There's no way to, there's no way to word it any different. It's an awful idea. Uh, I've been looking into the VR thing. I have been leaning more towards the Vive. And because the Oculus just hasn't been... Uh, appealing to me. The Vive just seems to have more, uh, more oomph. I've seen a lot more things for the Vive than the Oculus, and the Vive looks and 
responds better from what I, everything I've seen. So that's where I'm probably leaning more for the VR sort of idea. Uh, and lastly, lastly, I did want to touch on the Overwatch beta. Uh, it's amazing. If you haven't downloaded it, you can get it for your Xbox and your PlayStation. And it's, it's amazing. I, I really hate to rely on that one word, amazing. But if you did do the beta of Battleborn, it's nothing like that. I first thought, oh, Battleborn, Overwatch, basically the same game. But Overwatch is a thousand times better. It's more of Call of Duty meets League of Legends rather than Smite meets League of Legends. Uh, I think it might just be part of the Blizzard magic that they just somehow don't make terrible games. But the respawn, for me, it's the amount of characters, the what the characters can do, and respawn. That was my biggest issue with Battleborn. I played it for about an hour, and I put it down and had no desire to play it again. It was only because the respawn timer for deaths became so incredulous. At one point, I was waiting a minute to play the game again because I was respawning. So when you basically tell a player you need to go do something for a minute, you're taking a player out of your game. You're, 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 you're removing them for a good minute, if not longer, I didn't die enough times to get for any longer. One minute is an eternity when you're waiting to respawn. Whereas in Overwatch, it was like seven seconds. It was long enough so you could watch the replay of how you died and watch how you got, you know, flanked or you just weren't paying attention. You got sniped. And you're able to go, oh, that's what I did. Here's where I died. That's who killed me. I'm going to go get him. Perfect. Bingo. Good to go. Seven seconds, you're in. And you start with all of your abilities. You have an ultimate. Right from the bat, you can use that ultimate. You don't have to build up to a level 10, a level 7. And if you're bad, you, you may never... And, and, and like Battleborn, League of Legends, Smite, you may never get to use your ultimate and if you do the respawn on it or the recoil is so long if you miss it the first time you may never get to use it again whereas in in in, in uh overwatch you get you, the more you do damage the faster it recharges all your other abilities have a slight recharge time, and we're talking four seconds, five seconds. The ultimate, the more damage you do, the more you take part in your uh, class ability, is what I should say. The faster it recharges. So there's a character, Mercy, who's basically a healer. That's mostly what she does. If you spend your time healing everybody your ultimate recharges faster as long as you're healing somebody. If, however, you're playing as uh, an offensive to tank or an uh, offensive character, because there's offense, defense, tank, support. If you're playing as an offensive character, the more damage you output, 
the more your ultimate recharges. And your ultimate always feels useful. But not so you not so penultimate where it makes every other skill feel pointless. Every skill for every character has a has a, a, a place in combat. And every character is viable to play as. There's a lot of games that they look like great characters, and unless you spend hours upon hours playing as them to understand their very interesting dynamic, they are never used. You, If you watch like League of Legends or Smite, you see the same heroes being played over and over and over and over. And whereas in Overwatch, you can change heroes mid-match. So you're like, you know what? I'm not doing so well as an offensive. I think I'm going to go play defense for a little while. I'm going to go be a support class. Guess what? You can. You're not locked into a 20, 30-minute match as a character you utterly detest. I was I played probably 10 matches, and I was probably about an hour. So it, it felt more like... In a weird way, it felt like a first-person shooter should feel, and it had, but it had the fun of like League of Legends sort of thing. You could pick a ton of characters, and there was a character that everyone could play. I found one. It was the uh, I forget his name. It's the robot, like the Zen Master robot who fires orbs at people, and that character to me was incredibly. Fun. I, I went through every character on the training mode, and that is the character I latched onto most. I immediately took it into online, and I went uh, in the, I think it was uh, AI, online, people versus AI. I went 25 and 0. That is the best I've ever done on any first person online shooter. 25 kills to zero deaths. All the while healing and doing uh, debuffs to the enemy. Because he can fire out and cause them to take more damage. And you can heal someone at the same time. I, I played that character once in training and I was like, this is my character. I love this character. And it was amazing. Because all, I thought every character I played, I was like, oh, here's what I could figure out. You know, there's a good reason to have this character around. Like Reinhardt, I was like, oh man, if I'm not going to play as this character, I'm going to play as him. He can have this huge shield in front of him and have just absorbed so much damage and just be so useful. So I have like three or four characters where I'm like, I love these characters and I will play as them eventually. Whereas in like League of Legends or Smite, I'm like, oh, I didn't get that character Oh, man. Man, all the other characters have steep learning curves because they don't... They, they're they they're punishing, in a way, of if you use a skill, the recharge might be really just astronomical. If you miss your ultimate, guess what? You're screwed. If you miss some of your other skills, guess what? It has a long recharge. It sounds weird, but... 15, 20 second recharges is a long time for a game like that. Whereas Overwatch is 
amazing. So I encourage you, go download it right now. Go play it. It is astounding while the beta is still going on. I went into it going, oh, just another MOBA, just like Battleborn. I'm fairly confident I'm actually going to buy Overwatch eventually. Uh, so I, I, when, I, when I'm able to basically swing that way and go, oh, wow, I went from kind of eh about this game to, oh, my gosh, I really kind of want to buy this right now. That's actually huge for me because... I'm not one of those type of people who's like, let's go buy a game just because I played it once. So go play the beta. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it uh, because there's not a ton of extra information about it. A lot of the stuff's been, you can see people online playing it and saying, hey, here's how you play this character. Here's what you can do with this character. So either go play the beta or go look at it yourself. Uh, or go look up some videos, I'm sorry. Uh, because it's uh, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. So, go do it. So, uh, last but not least, I want to say if you want to get in touch with us, or touch with myself, you can actually use the Twitter at Bad Wolf Studio, Bad underscore Wolf Studio. Instagram, Bad Wolf Studio, Facebook, all there. If you have any questions or you want to tweet at me going, hey, you did a terrible job. Hey, I, this is my favorite character in uh, Overwatch. Or, hey, I watched this anime and you're completely wrong. It's terrible. Or, hey, I watched this anime and it's good. You should talk about it. You should watch it. Go for it. Use the uh, hashtag gaming and chill. So I look at that pretty often and I'll answer questions. I'll tweet back uh, and I may mention you actually uh other things uh, a friend of mine is doing a podcast i've talked about them every episode the film slate podcast they are going to be reviewing the avengers civil war tomorrow uh actually it'll be released on uh tuesday night 7 p.m so go go look that up go listen to it they're great guys talk about movies all the time uh, and you can actually find them on Twitter at the Film Slate Pod. Go check them out; they're amazing. They're on top of the ball about movie stuff. Recently tweeted out about the new Power Rangers uh, costumes, uniforms, that sort of thing. Go check them out; they're phenomenal. Uh, good buddy, uh, one of them's a good friend of mine. So go check them out. So, until next time, play Overwatch Beta.